Hello, welcome to a very special episode of the Wages of Cinema podcast. Um, today, Tonight we have a, a bit of a different segment going on here than what we usually do. Uh, normally I have a series called Local Vocal, as you know, uh, but tonight we're going to be doing something a little bit out of the box. We're going to be talking about uh, only the biggest film festival uh, basically in the world uh the can film festival or i don't know is it can or con can okay it is can although i think the brits say con but okay. but the can is what i've heard is acceptable okay and uh the the, per, the and what i wanted to do was uh, instead of it just being me i wanted to get someone to talk about who actually was there and has been there more than once uh, the gentleman sitting across from me tonight uh, writes and edits and owns uh, the website film4.com, which uh, I've been lucky enough to sometimes write for uh, for the past nine years. Uh, he also writes for a school library journal, which mm-hmm. apparently I think this is uh, where we're at. In our, yes, in our <laughs> office, right. Uh, editor. Yeah. Yes, editor. And uh, I'm pleased to welcome Kent Turner to the program. Thank you. Um, so, uh, I guess the first thing I want to ask, so this is, this wasn't your first year, right? Third year, yeah. third year. So in a row, in a row. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, what spurred it on to just suddenly go there? Was it for the site? Was it more of just for yourself? Yeah, a little bit of both. And it was always, uh, on my list and actually I could kick myself for not going earlier or, or at least attempting to go earlier. Um, I don't know why. Maybe I felt too intimidated, but but it really was not a difficult process to get in. I mean, well, I mean, the whole application process, what goes on on their end, who knows? Um, but I, but I really, I the first time I went, I I, I was only there for half of it. And I really lucked out. I saw really, really good film. So I wanted to, you know, so so I felt like if this is the typical programming for mm-hmm. Cannes, yeah. then this is, this is really good. <laughs> I mean, one day, the last day, the first time I was there, I saw Inside Lewin Davis. Yes, so this was 2013. Past, right. I mean, I saw all these good films in a row. Yeah. And so and so ever well, it was a good year. That it was a Inside really good Lewin year. Inside Lewin Davis you had there uh, a uh, touch Blue's, of sin. Blues the warmest color right? uh, was the Palm d'Or winner. The past uh the great beauty. Mm-hmm. Uh there were there were many. And then uh last year there were also good films uh as well. And I felt well and also there was one of the reasons why I went back is because there was always um I always wanted to do it right. You know, I always felt like, okay, I just learned the process, for example, how to apply for invitations to screenings. Okay. And you learn the little, just little ins and outs. And so right when you think, okay, I think I understand the entire process, mm. you know, it, it's it's over. And so um, – but it's also really worthwhile because sure. not only are you going to see films that will be screened uh, during the following year, but they're – are always going to be about a half a dozen films or so that are not going to be widely seen and may not even make it to the United States. Yeah, uh, that that sometimes happens. I mean, which should be noted that so many films play at Cannes. It seems like it would be close to impossible to... I mean, you can't see them all. You have to be very... You have to you have to split up your time very specific. Like, now, something I was wondering, so when you go there... 
you're you're there officially as press. Mm-hmm. You you get a press pass. Mm-hmm. So are you only going to press screenings or do they because they also have like the sort of real premiere screenings right. and other ones? Well, okay, you uh, let me see. Yes, it's press screenings, and with that badge, you can pretty much attend or at least attempt to try and see everything. Mm-hmm. But there are screenings at the Lumiere, which is their big grand theater. With the big red carpet. With the big red carpet. Those, the evening screenings are always by invitation. Mm. So those you do have to apply for. Okay. And they, but that, they don't really allot a lot of tickets for the press for the big premieres because they already offer press screenings. Mm. So their rationale is, no, right. you're press, you have opportunities. So it's, and it's also very political. It's for the beautiful there. people. Beautiful people, <laughs> sponsors, yeah. uh, the different companies involved. And then you have thousands of people who are there for the film market, young actors, mm. filmmakers. Yeah. And they are also trying to get into the big yeah. glossy premieres, mm-hmm. and so uh, it's 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 a zoo. It, it's yeah. it's um, now I got into the closing ceremony, the the closing night ceremony. Yeah, because I saw I saw on your Twitter mm-hmm. something about how I have to get my suit yes. ready. Yeah, it was all wrinkled. Yeah, <laughs> well, because I thought, why iron it if I'm not going to go to a premiere? Yeah, so, exactly. And as it turns out, and I and I truth be told, wh- I think one of the reasons why <coughs> I was able to do that is because <laughs> by the last day of the festival, most people have gone. Yeah. So it's not as crazy. It's still, I mean. The screenings are still packed, don't get me wrong, but it's not as... It's not um, like at the beginning of the festival. It's not Day of the Locust. When, like. <laughs> you know, because I've read stories about uh, go, like the Cannes Film Festival. Mm-hmm. Like I used to read a lot of the mm-hmm. old coverage. Like Roger Ebert used right. to write about it a lot, and I think he even wrote a book about how there were some times where... Things were so cramped that you'd have people who were waiting and they'd crash through like the windows. Well, I heard about the Tree of Life a couple years ago, Uh uh, how people did storm the barricades. And they did because uh, apparently – well, I wasn't there, but I hear it was very chaotic. Now, I did see – I saw the very end of a fist fight to get into one screening. (laughs) And this was – and this was for a film called Mustangs, which was – a very sure small film. One. It's going to be released uh, by Cohen Media. Okay. Uh, I think next year, but uh, it w- it was in the director's fortnight. But okay. it got a great, it got a lot of buzz, and so every so in it, for its very last screening, the demand was was very great, and yes, someone lost their temper. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, I think the closing night film, from what I looked up, was uh, Macbeth. Did you well, get a chance to see that? I did see that. Oh, and good. Well, actually, it wasn't the closing night. It was the last film in competition. Oh, okay. That right, I believe it was the last film that right. premiered. I did, and I liked it. Yeah, because this is the new Mike Macbeth, for those who don't know, with Michael Fassbender right. as the character, and Lady Macbeth is played by Marion Cotillard. Yes, and actually, she impressed me the most. Mm, and okay. Well, for one, I understood her, every mm. syllable. <laughs> and and whereas some of the now a lot of it could be also the sound mix because sometimes mm. the heavy bass voices they kind of were were lost in the in the theater. Was it like I the felt. thick accents? Some of it was, 
uh but not all of it but some of it because yes it is set in scotland so yeah. yes they threw in yeah that was the problem um, with the orson welles film <laughs> in the 40s they, they you couldn't understand anybody but only part of it it's a very muscular film okay. it moves really quickly if i was 17 years old and i had to read the play this film would be a godsend okay. because it just you know it's very it clearly spells out what the themes are mm -hmm. it's very well acted um I, you know, it's not it, – it, it's a fairly traditional take. I mean okay. it's set in like a medieval-ish Scotland. Uh, uh, so it, it's not spinning. It's not reinterpreting. There's not like – Yeah, I mean I saw the picture of Michael Fassbender with the paint on his face. So you know that you're in Scotland right. when you see that. Right. And uh, – uh, in, in comparison to the Roman Polanski version, oh, which yeah. granted has been years since I've seen it, mm -hmm. but this is – it's a much leaner mm -hmm. uh, and a little more well, – and I would say much more visual. Okay. Uh, apocalyptic. Sure. Yeah. Um, well, actually, speaking of apocalyptic, uh, <laughs> transitioning there, sure. <laughs> trying to be smooth. So – at Cannes, mm -hmm. uh, I guess as you know, they have the movies that are playing out of competition mm -hmm. as well. And, you know, th that's when they try to get most of the press. The festival, you know, they're playing a lot of these films in competition. Some of them might have some prestige, but sure. some of them might not. But out of competition, then you had Mad Max Fury Road, uh, the new Pixar movie that's coming out, Inside Out, uh, the new Woody Allen. Of course, mm -hmm. the guy have Woody Allen at Cannes <laughs> just so he could do the press conference. Uh, and I think even, uh, what was it, the new Gaspar Noe movie? Which I did see. Love. Okay, yes. well, you know what? Let's talk about that first because okay. I am very curious just because in in the coverage that I was seeing from Ken, one of the things that they unveiled was the poster, which is, they is said that... very <laughs> not suitable for work. Okay, I think I know <laughs> what poster that is. The giant penis that's uh, ejaculating no i didn't see that okay. poster <laughs> <laughs> okay my... but you know it is it's it is honest what what, what to say it that um it it's not false advertising it's a 3d okay. porno okay. movie <laughs> basically well uh, in a manner of speech yes yes now whether or not you it, whether or not you define it as pornography i'll i'll leave that to the viewer sure but yes, it does have explicit sex mm. in it. I mean, explicit, yeah. I mean, okay. uh, certainly in terms of a narrative film, uh, yes, okay. it, it is pushing it, the Because it's real sex in the movie. Yes. All right. And from what I understand, the, all the actors, they did their own stunts, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> and, um, and actually, you know, and the, and the actor who's in it, uh, oh, Klaus. Oh, uh, I don't have forgive me. I, I, I forgot his name. I don't name. think that they're really known. No, he, no, exactly. he's not. But it is. It's worth noting that he is a New York actor. He's, oh. He he uh, he has appeared on Broadway in the cast of uh, Golden Boy okay. a few years ago, and he was also mentioned in a New York Times article about two years ago about young actors who stay buff for the roles, mm -hmm. and so you know, he, so he's an actor. Sure. Uh, in yeah, who, in yeah, in a very revealing role. Yeah. Now, I mean, um, this movie, I hear, it didn't really get the greatest uh, buzz. Like, it, it kind of got at best mixed reviews. Yes. You know, and of course with Gaspar Noe, I mean, you know, he's done Irreversible. He did right. Enter the Void. Uh, he he's 
he's kind of known for trying to push the boundaries. But I mean, is it is the question I I guess I would ask, is it a good movie aside taking it aside from all of the the sex? You know, oh well, first of all, I mean if you were okay, if you were to take out the sex scenes, what you have is a pretty um not insipid, but it's and it's not weak. But it doesn't quite work in terms of a film about a a relationship. Okay. Because what I think he is attempting to do in this Mm -hmm. movie is similar to what Michael Winterbottom tried. In Nine Songs. Exactly, which I think was about ten years ago. Yeah. Where it's both about the sexual and the emotional relationship of of a young couple. Yeah. And I think Noe is more successful because the characters are are they're more they have more depth Mm -hmm. and. There are, there are times when they are very charming, when mm-hmm. the interaction between them feels realistic, and I'm not talking about the sex scenes. <laughs> yeah. I, um, however, I, I don't still I don't think that the way that the central relationship is portrayed has a lot of depth. Mm-hmm. And it was, I believe, Variety, Leslie Philprin, who she felt that the the female character in particular really doesn't have the, the depth mm-hmm. that you hear about when you're watching the film sure. that the, that the woman is supposed to be so um, in turmoil mm. and kind of a basket case and right. you don't really see that in the performance okay. uh, so it's not quite as successful but it's 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 not but it's not a terrible movie by okay. any means, right. and it's certainly not boring. No, I, I can imagine. I mean, no, yeah. I mean, no. that's. I mean, when I, you know, I, if I were to tell somebody about Irreversible, I'm like, it's not an easy movie to watch, and I will probably never watch it again. But it's not boring. But that well, but the plus side of this movie is that unlike Irreversible, yeah. or even I think uh, Touching the Void, Enter the Void, Enter the yeah. Void. Sorry. Um, if I remember, there's no there's no violence, okay, yeah. or a threat of violence, and now there there is some drug use, and and so it's not like it's not like he's portraying pure sexuality, pure love. Sure, but there isn't. I wouldn't expect him to. <laughs> right, but there isn't a dark undertone. Okay, in that sense, like there are in his other films. Now, um, at first, I did try. Uh, well, I. I I, tr- I I looked to see if I could possibly see the very very first screening of it, mm. which was at twelve fifteen a.m. Yeah, it was a midnight. Screening. And it was crazy. It, it was, was just, I oh, it was utter crazy. Packed. He's made yeah. only four movies. Yeah. I'm sure that would be like a madhouse. I mean, I think actually it was possibly the most anticipated movie there. Mm. Now, certainly by the time uh, that it premiered, it was yeah. towards the end of the festival, okay. and, and by that point. A lot of the, you know, the the big guns had already been. Yeah. Uh, so it was very smart programming on their part mm. to at least have this towards the end, so there was there was still momentum to the to the programming. Okay. Um, so when you get so when you go there, I mean, again, there, like I said, aside from the official competition, mm. there are just so many categories. Yeah. Like when I was looking up all the movies, I mean, you have the main. In competition movies, and there are about right. twenty of those. Mm-hmm. And then you have, you know, the Golden Camera, and then you have uh, 
Un Certain Regard right. and the director's Fortnite, which I think the latter is meant to be for more, like, new filmmakers, right? It is, and, oh, however, but that's not necessarily true. Oh, okay. Well, because, uh, well, for... How, how do they distinguish it? Because it's so strange. Like, when I looked up Un Certain Regard, for example, like, one of the films that screened there, I believe, was the new, uh, uh, app. I'm yes. gonna mess up this guy's the, the name. Thai, the Thai, we're, we're like cyphical, you know, yes. the Thai. We're cyphical. You know, the guy who did Uncle Boon Me. Right. He had a new movie in that. Right. Um, well, I okay. I don't. There's officially they they don't really quite spell it out. Kind of like their fashion rules. You know, sometimes <laughs> you kind of have to. You have to be careful yes. what kind of shoes you're yes. wearing on the red carpet, right? <laughs> you do. But um, my understand. This is how I interpret it: that the certain regard is for up-and-coming filmmakers, and possibly films that are not quite mm, well ready for competition. Although even that is kind of vague, because okay. uh, but for the but I also think they have so many choices that there is a spillover effect, like the director yeah. you just mentioned. I did not see that film, yeah. but there are always going to be a couple of films in a certain regard that could have been in competition, mm. and they may not have been, maybe because the profile of the director or the, yeah. or the actors may not have, you know, there's, there's a, a yeah, lot I of reasons. I imagine a lot of politics plays into yes. what they choose or don't choose. Yes. Like sometimes that spillover, I guess, for example, the... I think, like as I mentioned, the golden camera or whatever. Well, it was. that that covers all categories, though. That's oh, for, okay. that's for the first film. Okay. So, so it could be the first film in competition yeah. or in Critics Week. Um, but then the directors Fortnite, their programming is separate from the official selection. Okay. And so they're they're in some ways are competitors to mm. Can, except <laughs> even though they're part of it. Yes. Well, not the programming. They're they're. Uh, that's separate, but yes, they're under the umbrella. Mm -hmm. So if you are attending Cannes, you can see the films there, Directors Fortnite, and and you know I, I I used to think okay, Directors Fortnite, that's more like for the auteurs, that's yeah. more. Like, <laughs> but you know, last year I saw so many genre films hmm. that that uh, granted, you know, that's auteur, you know, who's to say? But I, it, I it's I relative thought, for the yes, festival. And I also thought it would be more art house, and mm. that really wasn't the the case last year. This year, from what I saw, yes, mm. it was pretty heavy duty art house. Mm. Uh, and then you have Critics Week. And yeah, that was another thing I wanted to ask. But that's pro that is programmed by critics. Okay. Now I I don't know the procedures. Like if you if you're a producer and you decide what section hmm. you know you want to enter your film in, or if there's some give and take between them, which I don't think there is. I think I think they're they're pretty independent. Right. Um, but the um, Critics Week and Directors Fortnight, they're not as crazy. As right. attending uh, a screening at the official mm. selection, uh, they're well attended, and sometimes there's Q and A's. Yeah. And actually, I have to say, it was in the director's fortnight, which I uh, where I saw personally my favorite film. It's a really good film. It's okay. from Sweden called The Hereafter. Okay, what was that? And um, it's a very um, a very terse drama. Very Scandinavian, yes. <laughs> but, and, but and it builds, and it's about a kid who comes back. He's about seventeen. He comes back to his town, and slowly you you find out that he murdered his ex girlfriend 
a few years earlier. Yeah. And as Thomas Wolfe would say, you can't go home again. <laughs> and, he, and he can't. He, he, it, yeah. The community has turned its back on him. And it, it's, a, it's a really good, uh, I think, 90-minute drama. Uh, it, it packs in a lot. And it's a film that I don't think got a lot of coverage. Yeah, and it's a sort of film either. that really uh, – a program like uh, New, new Film, New, new Directors, yeah. uh, for example, or if it, if it was screened later on in Toronto and other festivals around – uh, but it, it's a really good film. Yeah, I, so I, yeah, that's the kind of movie that needs some good coverage, and uh, and it was a sure. first-time filmmaker too. Yeah, yeah, it seemed like there were there were a few f- first-time filmmakers. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, well, one of the ones that I was kind of curious about, and I was reading a number of reviews, was uh, uh, this movie, Son of Saul. Oh, I did see it. Good. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yes, well, yes. well, because that was, yeah. I mean, it won the grand prize of the jury. Right. I should mention that, and like, for, so. This movie sounds uh, really intense. Like it's it, like from what I read about it. I mean, for one thing, it was apparently the only movie that was presented in 35 millimeter, or maybe it was just shot in 35. I'm I not sure. That is interesting. I I okay. I did it have a that. different look? I uh, actually it did. It, it's a very kind of grainy, yeah. high contrast look. Yeah. Um, I should mention that this is a. Um, probably my mom's favorite type of movie, the Holocaust drama. <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. Um, she, it's, but it's all from, it's set in Auschwitz mm-hmm. and the main character I understand is a, is, is like one of the Jewish people mm-hmm. that's assigned to be kind of like one of the, so, like not soldier, but like he, he's sort of there to supervise things. He and like dozens of others, they, um, they have survived because they're, 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 they have cleanup mm. patrol, in a way, uh, in the gas chambers. Mm. And so the, f- the film just throws you in. Uh, there, I mean, yes, I, I, I sense that it was set in Auschwitz, but there, I, if I they recall... They don't give you any exposition, right? If I recall, right? there wasn't. The, in the very beginning, they give you the term... Uh, that they that his title, right. which I don't have in front of me, but it meant like someone who is given a reprieve, yeah. And uh, so he lives for a couple months, and he he does cleanup, you yeah. know, burying the bodies, picking mm-hmm. up the bodies, going through the the belongings, uh, you know, before his eventual death right. uh, 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 of these officers in this in this in this category in the camp. And it's a very, uh, it's almost, it's almost like a documentary. Although mm-hmm. you're never going to confuse it for a documentary. I mean, you yeah. know, you're following following one character, but it's it's made with precision. It's uh, it's actually maybe the most detached hmm. portrayal of of the Holocaust. In a death camp that I've seen in a feature film. Oh, okay. It it doesn't play for emotions. It's 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 very cut and dry, uh, but but it's effective in that way, and for certainly for a first time filmmaker, there's a fluidity, hmm. there's a consistency to it. Uh, really well acted, really well directed. Hmm. Um, there's not there's not a false moment hmm. in it. Um, it's a film I would see again, uh, 
is it a film that drew me? Mm. No. Okay. But I, I, and perhaps I admired it more than really, really, really liked so it. Maybe, but that's not a that's not a criticism. So maybe um, it was more like formally it was really rigorous. Very. But uh, but as far as emotionally, you have to kind of meet it halfway. Except unlike some films. You're not so much aware of the formality, okay? Uh, because as I said, it's very fluid. So it's, it, there was the film The Assassin. From yeah, I'd uh, heard about Taiwan. that too. That one best director. Beautiful. That's why I'd heard. Incredible to look yeah. at. Personally, I mean, I was bored. <laughs> I mean, because you know, it's a tale of revenge, but it's so bloodless because it's really it's stately, it's very pensive, mm. and. You know that it's the form. It's the f- it's the form of, of the cinematography combined with the uh, art direction and costume and makeup design. It's so visually every frame is gorgeous. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in that sense, the Son of Saul is is quite different. It's it's very much a director's film, but it doesn't announce itself as much right. as a calling card as. Some other movies. Yeah, for sure. Um, but that sounds so. It was probably it was a good pick for Grand Prix. Oh, I yes, yeah, and and you know, the funny thing is, is when I when I arrived there, I think it was the third day of the festival, and already, I, I believe Michael Phillips, who's with the Chicago Tribune. Yeah, that's correct. He was saying uh, he felt that it had to win, had to win something. Yeah. And I heard in an interview, and mm-hmm. he was right. And then also, as soon as Carol premiered, Todd Haynes' Yeah, that was film, something I'm, I want to talk about. People were saying, oh, yeah, this is, is definitely a winner, winner. Mm-hmm. And and sure enough, I mean, they really did they, – they stood apart from most of the other films. There was just um, a, a higher level of, of quality. And also, in both films, everything is working together. Yeah. Um. There were, uh, yeah, that, that reminds me that there were a couple of big, uh, big winners. I mean, uh, you mentioned Carol, and that was uh, that got Best Actress mm-hmm. or it shared Best Actress mm-hmm. for Rooney Mara, mm-hmm. and uh, that's a movie I'm very interested in. I like Todd Haynes a lot, um, and this one he apparently he's going back to again with like with Mildred Pierce. You know, he was did the period thing and also Far from Heaven. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this is set in the '50s, and it's about. This uh, lesbian relationship between uh, Kate Blanchett and Rooney Mara. Right, a slowly evolving relationship. Yeah. And although it's not a melodrama. Okay, okay? that's interesting. It's not. I would, I would, because I mean, when you watch Far from Heaven, right. it's like the Douglas Sirk is like soaking from it. In here, it's really, uh, oh, uh, Edward, is it Edward Hopper? The, the oh, painter. Okay, yes, yeah. yes. It's more like his urban cityscapes that, in terms of the look, I think uh, dominate. Uh, well, actually, and one thing to keep in mind with Carol is that it's based on Patricia Highsmith. Right, is that it? Okay. The Price of Salt, I believe, is the novel, mm-hmm. which uh, is supposedly autobiographical. It's mm-hmm. fiction, but. Uh, from what, from what I've heard, oh. parts of it are based on her life. Oh, okay. So it's it's not so so far from heaven. Yes, they share the same time period, but they're they're different movies. Mm. Uh, this one is it's pretty straightforward. Mm. There's not going to be a layer of comment commentary of you know of the genre or of the time period. 
except that of course there's parallels that you're when you're sitting sitting there watching it you probably are thinking about how times have changed yeah. how they haven't changed mm. and also just how the story works regardless of the sexuality or gender of uh, the characters yeah um well, I think Haynes does seems to do that a lot with his movies. Like he gets you thinking about a lot of things, even though the drama is just what it is. And know, he like... did not write this. Oh, okay. It, okay. Uh, I think Phyllis Nagy. N a g y. I'm not sure how to pronounce her name, but she was the adapter. Okay. And uh, let me see one. Well, you know, at the closing ceremony. Uh, when they announced that there was going to be a tie for for the Best Actress Award. Yeah. I mean, I and other people around me, we assumed it was going to be Kate Blanchett, Ed Rooney Mara. and oh, it together. Was, right, but, they, mm. but that did not happen. Yeah, that was and, strange. It went to some other actress. Well, I, I well, she's, to, well actually... Well, Emmanuel Bercot. Yes, Bercot. Bercot, sorry. Right. Uh, for a movie called Monroy. Well, you know, but you know, her film opened the festival. Uh, oh, at, the one I just mentioned. Okay. At, at, at Cannes. She had the opening night film. And I think she's made, I think, three or four films. And and she won Best Actress. And I, I don't think, I don't know much about her acting background. I, I think she was chosen because that film's director, Mei Wan, mm. was a friend of her. Well, I mean, they're colleagues. Yeah. And they wanted to work together. And, you know, she, her performance is very, very good. And it's a very... Um, it, it, it's a good part she has in the film called oh help me here uh, yeah. best act <laughs> let me uh, the, the, what you mean the character's oh, name uh, the name of the film is My King in French is Monroy Oh, so okay. that's the film. Thank you. There, it's all coming back. My excuse is I saw 34 films. No, okay. So, okay, so uh, if I get the titles mixed up. No, okay. no, believe me. That's, yeah. <laughs> uh, I would think uh, after seeing that many movies in the short amount of time that Ken has, like, I mean, on average, would you say that you're seeing like two, three movies a day? I try four. Four. Some geez. days there were five. <laughs> a bad day was when there were three. And if I made a bad decision, a bad choice. But you... Some festivals, are, it's kind of easy or easier to see five films. Mm. Cannes is really much more difficult because the way it's programmed, it's you right. you have these long gaps between. And then of course the so. lines. Although it's not that bad once you once you really know what your odds are. Okay. Because I knew immediately immediately that well. I, I knew soon enough that there are certain times of the day in certain theaters. That are smaller, for example, mm -hmm. where, yeah, you, you will have to get there earlier. But then, you know, you could wait and see it in a larger theater the next day yeah. and, you know, eh, live and learn. Yeah, but I know that uh, it must be, like, when you see that many movies in that close a space, is there is there, is there the thought that maybe am I judging this correctly? Should I give this a little bit more time if I maybe see it in another six months or when... Maybe the, or maybe even a year, because sometimes it takes a year for these movies to come around mm -hmm. stateside. Well, I would say some of them, but I, I would also say, though, that that would be regardless whether you saw them at a festival or if you saw it at a screening and that was the only film you saw that week. Yeah. Because some films have a lot of depth sure. and a lot of it you don't even notice or you don't, you don't consider. Yeah. Uh, but I think 
that well, one advantage is, is if your focus is just seeing films, that's it. And it's actually, and you have time between screenings that you could kind of, you can have your own conversation or, yeah. or you discuss with others. So I don't think, I don't think I got burnt out. Okay. My main concern was not being exhausted, yeah. making sure that I, I did You'll not fall, fall asleep. asleep. And you know what? I only fell asleep once, <laughs> and I blame the film. I don't blame okay. me. So, so that's, that's good. yeah, and uh, because that's when, see, that's what I, I I wanted to avoid is either the jet lag or you're just tired from lack of sleep or from not eating. Yeah. And no, I have to say I was pretty present at. Mm. at so at the you think so? Was it better than like the, the last year, or the past couple of years? Uh, for me, well, physically it was, uh, but it, uh, but. And, the programming this year, I would say, was it was good, but there were only one or two films that I really, really loved. Mm. Whereas last year, for example, there were about four that I knew immediately that they were going to be top ten films, right. and I don't know if I saw any that I would personally rank in the top on uh, oh. my top ten. Okay. But I saw a lot that I I really liked. Mm. Um, and uh, one of my favorites was actually the Amy Winehouse documentary. I, I heard about this. Uh, so this was actually this was in a weird category because it wasn't in the official competition. Right. It was part of this thing called the Queer Palm. I it think. was Queer well, Palm. Uh, well, actually, is that right or no, my, well, did I read that? Well, it wasn't in that category, but it was up for uh, the Queer Palm is the film. It's an award for you know film yeah. with, and they uh, gave it to Carol ultimately. Well, that was really the only film I think they could have <laughs> given it to because there were, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, I don't think there were any other films that were about a noticeable, you know, uh, that had a noticeable gay theme or gay yeah. characters this year. Um, from what from what I saw, anyway, mm -hmm. and I yeah, so I don't know why it was being considered for the queer palm, but okay. you know maybe because uh, I'm not sure her fan yeah. base. I I don't know. It could be. But um, it was in the it it screened it had a special midnight screening, and I believe it was out of competition. Oh okay. And it's it's a very straightforward film. One thing the director does is he avoids talking heads. Okay. So it's mostly audio and and and, and visuals that um, go back to when she was a teenager. Okay. So a lot of home uh, home video footage. Uh, that said, sometimes you do wonder, okay, where's this interview coming from? Where's this this quote from? And I. I do understand why her family may be a little annoyed. Well, they're more than a little annoyed by the movie. <laughs> oh, really? Um, you do wonder about the editing, about it, how selective was it, and also the fact that as a viewer, as a viewer, you don't know the source notes like you yeah. would in a book. And also, if you're not, you know, the, even though talking heads, you might say, oh, that's been done so many times in a movie, you know, sometimes that other perspective might be good, especially if it's about someone who, you know, had this kind of controversial past mm -hmm. like Amy Winehouse. And, and really I, what the film's about is how many signals were overlooked mm -hmm. or missed, yeah. um, whatever, rationalized, ignored. So it, it, someone, someone felt that it was very long and it is two hours but I think that's purposeful I think mm -hmm. that was what the director wanted was almost this relentless litany of 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 
car wrecks, mm. um, well, figurative car wrecks. Uh, you know, once she became really popular, especially here in the states, I mean, it it was like one tabloid incident after another, and the then the director really carefully lays out the timeline. Okay. Um, now a couple of thing, now a couple movies just that I am really curious about. One because I'm I want to see it. The other mm-hmm. one because I heard just like this was at the bottom of the barrel. Like the first one is this thing called the Lobster. I missed it. Okay. I missed it for the closing ceremony, um, and I wish I. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Can, can, uh, sorry. It's okay. No, no I, I'm not. <laughs> I know you're, you're not a machine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just like it because um, I don't know if you ever. I don't know if you got to see Dogtooth because it's I from saw that director. Dogtooth and I saw I, and, and Alps. His okay, I haven't film, seen yeah. Alps, but Dogtooth was yeah. probably one of the most unusual films I've ever seen. Yeah. A movie where. Like a family is so insulated that they've created their own language and, and rules. Yeah, and, and yeah, rules. Yeah. And apparently, I think from what I've read about this movie, has a similar thing. Only now, I guess he has more mainstream actors and a and a budget. Yeah, and I don't know if it, if it's as dark. As yeah, I think it's too. like a it's like a sci-fi comedy or okay. something. And Alps, his second film, um, was also very dark as okay. well. Uh, but Rachel Weiss, who was in that film, yeah, in the Lobster, I saw her. She was also in Youth, the uh, Paolo Sorrentino film. Oh yeah, yeah, and that so that one, uh, so that had Michael Caine yes. and Harvey Keitel. Yes. That one, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll see it just for yes. them. Yes, and Jane Fonda. Okay. And it, yeah, so it has a great cast, and she's actually she's really good, Rachel Weiss, and um, she she has what I would call the Emma Stone monologue this year because oh, remember right where she <laughs> has where uh, Vice has her own monologue and or diatribe you know yeah. whatever you want to uh-huh. call it and and she's really good in it uh, I wish I had seen uh, the Lobster okay. but uh, Youth is a good film um, it's hmm. all over the place in terms of ideas the director just throws ideas uh, but. Of all the films I saw at Cannes, it flew. Hmm. It's about it's two hours, and it's 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 breezy. It's it's visually it's always it, it's always interesting. Something hmm. always is uh, going on, and uh, well, Michael good. Caine is good in it. I well, mean, yeah. I, I would hope so. Yeah, I mean, you it, can't complain. You have, yeah, I mean, you cast. have two you know veteran actors. I'd hope that you know give them some good roles before they. You know, leave this earth. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think they're doing well. I, I, yeah. I, they seem very healthy. Oh no, no, sure. I know yeah. Harvey Keitel was in uh, Budapest Hotel. Um, right, the other one that, like I said, that, that, from what I've read, this was the worst reviewed Sea of Trees. That's what I've heard, and I avoided it as okay. soon as I heard that. <laughs> well, because you know, time is short, and there's always something else going on. But yeah. yes, it the, got m- the McConaughey's will have to wait until yeah. uh, the release. No, it's just because I've. Yeah, I feel bad because like I like a lot of his Gus Van Sant's movies. I mean, he's made some clinkers here and there, but I guess it was I guess the news was more about everybody booed this movie, and then also in my feed I saw like ten movies at Cannes that have been booed that you should watch. <laughs> oh right, because that's I kind of because that there's a history of that because yeah. sometimes a movie will be booed and it's just like wait what really? And yeah. then you're like then there are other movies that okay I get it. It's uh, true. It's just one reaction. I guess because yeah. if you're at Cannes, also some of the some of the vibe, it's either really high or really low. Because I've heard about movies 
uh, I think when Penn's Labyrinth screened there in 2006, it got like a 20 minute standing ovation or something hmm. like that. Like people will really applaud you or they'll really boo you there. But also with the premieres, uh, I went to one premiere of the film that uh, went on to win Best Actor. It's called uh, The Measure of the Man. Oh, okay. And Vincent Lidon is the actor. And I was not surprised when he won. Okay. One, because it's a good role. And, and he's a really, he's, a, he's, a, he's an excellent actor. Mm-hmm. He's never won a major award. And if you if you follow French film, even occasionally, you've seen him in something in the last like 15, 20 years. Yeah. And at the premiere of that, the, he, he received a standing ovation, and it, it went on a, at least five minutes, maybe even more. Yeah, that's that's unusual. So, like, even, you know, I've been in audiences where people applaud for a while, but applying that long, it's yeah. like your hands are going to fall but off. But in some ways, it, that's, but in some ways, that's your reason why you are wearing that tuxedo, yeah. why you have made the effort to oh, be yeah. there. And so you're, you're part of the show and mm-hmm. you're going to voice your opinion. And in this case, when it's positive, it, it becomes almost a love in. Yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's positive mm-hmm. and people are feeling good. I, now I would be curious to see what it would be like well, what it would what it was like to be at the Sea of Trees premiere yeah. with the actors oh, God, at, and like bad. and the audience. Now the audience, from what I understand, though, the audience at the premiere they did not react like the critics. Oh, did. okay. Because it's also a different audience. It's it's a different forum, yeah. and also you know if you do have the director and actress right there, I mean, do you really want to be that person? <laughs> well, some of the screwed, yeah. well, there, there is the cliche <laughs> yeah. that the French are just like ah, I don't care, I, I boo them. You know, it's um, you know, and it's funny because I think um, from what I've heard also. Uh, Mad Max got a huge ovation too. Everyone loved it. That, yeah. that it saw. Like it, I'd right. even heard that if that movie had been in competition, it might have hmm. won something. And because I, I mean, I've seen the movie twice. Hmm. And I, I was uh, like, and it, it, watching Mad Max for me, it's there's an element of it almost like a art film or like mm-hmm. a silent film because yeah. so much of it is just visual chaos, but in you know, a really controlled way. Well, I there was a film in, in competition called Sicaro. Yeah, yeah, the and, new uh, Denis. Do you have, is it Villeneuve? Yeah, I think okay. that's how I would say. Yeah, it. and yeah. Uh, Emily Blunt, uh, Josh Brolin, Roger Deakins shot it. Yeah, it's a, a beautiful looking film. I mean, for a, it's a narco thriller. Yeah, so. it's, a, it's like an FBI agent story. Right. and uh, and a war a war on drugs. And it's it's well, but the reason why I thought of it while you were talking about Mad Max is because in some ways, even though it did not win an award, it kind of blew away a lot of the films of competition because it's not a very restrained, very um, it's not an art film. You know, no, it's a thriller, it's, thriller, thriller. It seems like the kind of movie well that I am expecting that would be more like a Hollywood movie. Yeah. And, and actually, yeah, I think it's fair to say it's a Hollywood movie. And in terms of Hollywood at its best, you know, it's a, it's, it's very, very well paced mm-hmm. and it grabs you immediately. Whereas, I mean, if you didn't like the movie, still, you would remember it. <laughs> sure. And, and whereas there's a lot of films uh, that are not as memorable that we're in competition right. just because they were very careful, very subtle. This movie is, it just grabs you. Sure. And I, and, and I, I do recommend it. Uh, I have no idea. I hope it finds its audience. 
Uh, it shouldn't be too difficult. It shouldn't. It shouldn't have too much difficulty finding an audience. It's, well, I mean, I'll, I'll yeah. be there just for for the cinematography. Oh, uh, and, yeah. And I like Prisoners a lot, so uh, I guess there's that too. Actually, I liked it more than Prisoners. Personally. Oh, okay. And, although they're they're quite different. But. Okay. Um, so I don't know if uh, how much time we have left exactly, but um, so I'm just curious if there are some other movies that maybe I didn't mention. Like, actually, I should mention though. I mean, the winner was a movie called Deepen. Yes. Which I also that from what I've read that surprised a lot of critics because it was said that it was oh it's a it's a good movie and maybe it won something but grand prize yes. really really Coen Brothers that, yeah. that's what you're going for. I have a feeling because there wasn't one obvious choice obvious winner hmm. as as I, as I said earlier there were a lot of good films. And for me, there wasn't one that really, really stood out. And I think that's that was reflected in the how the jury voted. Okay. And, uh, you know, th that's the reason why I did not see that particular film. It's okay. because people who had seen it, they all said it was good, but it wasn't as good as uh, Jock Audiard's yeah, other films like know, Rust and Bone or A Prophet. Prophet. And and no one no one thought it was even in the running. I mean, when you look, if no, if you look back, and I think it was uh, in uh, IndieWire and in Reporter and Variety, because uh, I looked at them because I wanted to see, okay, what what should I see? Mm. And it was not really part of the conversation. Mm. Well, it was funny that I think in. Uh when Adiyad, when he went to accept his award, he, he said, uh, I'm, uh, I'd like to thank Michael Haneke for not having ah. a movie competition this year. Because uh, <laughs> I think the last two times he won both times. So I, Yes, I think um, so. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yes, yeah, so I mean, I'll, I'll be curious to see that because I like those two movies. But, um, yeah, it, it, that kind of surprised me. It's like, okay, a Sri Lankan French movie. Okay, <laughs> I've... I'm sure I'll see it at some point. Um, yeah, I, I mean, what I understand is... Uh, it doesn't seem to have the kind of, like, okay, blue's the warmest color, right. I get it. It's like a three-hour lesbian French drama. All right, I get why that wins. Yes, and it was, you know, in that case it was well done, and, and also that director, he, he was building momentum. Yeah. And, and so, in some ways, it was a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. It was the most talked-about movie of that year. Uh, and had great acting, uh, yeah. So this and this uh, this film actually going in. Carol, everyone knew Carol was going to win something. Yeah, uh, but maybe it was just it might have been a slight upset that that didn't get the Golden Palm, possibly. Possibly, but you know, I think the rules are it, that a film can only, I think, get one major award. And so, um, yeah. so if it wins an act, if it wins an acting award, it cannot win. Oh, yeah. Say, I, I think. I mean, I think it used it. to be different, but maybe yeah. they changed it to try to not make things like a monopoly. Yeah. Yeah, and it's funny because I mean, I mean, a movie can still win one of the major prizes, then win something else. Like I think Son of Saul got like the Fipresky Prize. Oh right, well, is. but that's by another jury. That's another oh. committee that decides <laughs> of that. Of course. Right. <laughs> no, there you have so many. You have like the International uh, Film Critics, mm -hmm. uh, and then you have the First Film Award. Oh, and you can't forget the um, Golden Dog Award. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and which, of course, last year they had to give it to Godard's dog because oh, he was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, we're, I'm going to shoot my dog and. 
in 3D. Roxy. On, it was on Roxy. Home video. That's yeah. it. Yeah, no, this year, I, yeah. I don't think, no, I did not see the winner of that award. I saw many films that uh, I thought that I saw a possible candidate, but no, I didn't see the winning yeah. performance. And I guess the prize, and also there's like the prize of the ecumenical jury. Is that a right. different thing too? Yes, that is. Yeah. And that's given by uh, a committee. I think of Catholic and Protestant. Uh, I think. Uh. I mean, at least in Berlin, it's I, I believe Catholic and Protestant, and, and maybe Jewish uh, clergy as well. And I think that maybe, and they've opened it up since. I mean, mm. traditionally, that's what it was. Yeah. Uh, and I and. Uh, yeah. And who kinda, won that one? Well, there were a few things. I mean, oh. there was the prize of the ecumenical jury, and then there, they gave another couple of movies like special mentions. Right. So okay. the winner went to this movie uh, Mia Madre by Nanny Moretti, oh, which it. was in competition. Yeah. And like they even gave like a special thing that said, a well-crafted fine film suffused with humor that elegantly explores the human journey through loss to new beginnings. There and, you go. Uh, <laughs> and I can guess what that's about. And I think, yeah, Measure of a Man and this other movie Trap kind of got the other ones. Um, okay, so I'm uh, sorry we got derailed. So, sure, sure. Um, all right, so you saw 34 movies, and I, and I guess we mentioned uh, the Scandinavian movie uh, and Carol. What, what were some of the other ones that made a big impression on you? Oh, uh, well, and, and then Amy. Yeah, uh, Amy. Right. Those. I mean, I have to say, those were the ones that uh, the most. Although I did see, I'm just scanning the schedule. I did see. A, oh, you know what? There was a film. With John C. Riley, he he has a very small role in it called Les Cowboys, <laughs> and uh, yeah, you know it's funny because he was in The Lobster too, and he was also in in another and film and competition, so he was in three films. Mm. So I saw at least I saw one of them, and I also heard him sing "I'm Just a Gigolo" at the closing ceremony. So <laughs> you know, yeah, it's a, oh, I would have loved to have seen that. <laughs> yeah. John C. Riley, but what was this movie? This one, it's a French film. And it's it's fascinating because okay. it begins in nineteen in the late nineties and it's about a Belgian no I'm sorry a northern French family and although it could be set here in in the south because the family they're they're very Americana mm -hmm. they love country music they love square dancing the father wears a cowboy hat mm -hmm. so in some ways it's like this. French family is representing America, supposedly. Huh. But what happens is uh, the teenage daughter disappears, and they find out she's run off, and she's run off with a young Muslim immigrant in in the town, and and so the father searches for her. And is the father and, played by John C. Riley? No, no, no. He John C. Riley plays an American in the second chapter. Well, in one of the chapters. That is set in Afghanistan. Hmm. So it, 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 there's about, a, I think, a 20-year time span. Okay. And it's a film that has a lot of story, but it tells it in a way that's not so obvious. Uh, and it, ultimately, it, it's about forgiving and, and not, you know, not clinging to anger. Okay. Uh, I'm kind of I'm I'm not selling it very well. No, no, I, I understand. But it's a really no, it's it, but it's a first film, and for a first film, it, it it's narrative driven, but it's not, but it's also equally character driven okay. as well. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so yeah, actually, that was a really good surprise. Uh, that film. That's great. Um, um, oh, and another film. Oh, okay, okay, another one. Uh, 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 Maryland. 
Marilyn. Yes, okay. that's the French name, and then there, it's also going by the name Discord in English. Okay. And it has a Diane Kruger. Okay, so this isn't in the official. No, it is. Well, it was. It was in uh, a certain regard. Oh, okay. And it's a thriller. It's a straight. It's like the Bodyguard meets, uh, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder. It's about uh, a vet. Uh, who had served in Afghanistan, oh, who's okay. now a bodyguard for a rich family on the French Riviera. And of course, the family, the the, the man of the household, is an arms dealer. And, <laughs> and, and so he has some enemies, all right? Mm. And so I have to say, I saw it the, the second day I was there, and I was kind of getting a little sleepy yeah. during it. Uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't over the time difference. Mm. And then something happens in the movie. It kicks in, and jet lag was gone. Nice. I was there with it. So I appreciate the movie so much. It also has a great, like, 80s, 70s soundtrack. Giorgio mm. Moroder, uh, you know, meets uh, Brit Pop ah. of the early 80s. It's, it's, it's a great soundtrack. Maryland. Okay, and, I have to remember that. And it's, you know, Diane Kruger... You know, she's been in and, and so much. Oh, yeah, uh, so I like her work quite a bit. And, and in this movie, I saw her as a movie star. Mm. I, you know, a, a very fine actress, but she had almost a Grace Kelly sort of presence mm. in it. And, and then uh, Matthias Schwarnartz, uh, the Belgian actor, the actor from Belgium who was in uh, recently in Far From the Madding Crowd yeah. and The Drop, He's great. Okay. He knows how to play the man, the wounded, vulnerable man-child like no one else. Mm. I, I, he, that was my favorite performance. Oh. Okay. That I saw there. And, in this so movie, great. Maryland. Yes. Cool. And uh, yeah, and, and it's coming out. Uh, Sun Sundance Selects picked it up, mm. and I think it's going to be out in 2016. Okay. Yeah. Because sometimes, I mean, we're talking about these movies, yeah. and then. You know, I think that uh, the winner last year, Winter Sleep, yeah. just came out on DVD. Right. And I, I guess I'll try to watch that. And it barely soon. was screened. Yeah, here it got in the like US. one. Yeah. It got. I think it played one theater mm -hmm. one time a day in New York City. Yeah. And you know, it's a three-hour movie. You know, I, I want. You know, I want to try to see the winner of the Palm d'Or when it comes out. And it's like you're making an impossible distributor. <laughs> yeah. That. Well, see, that's what's that is fascinating because. There's so much attention lavished on these films for 12 days yeah. in May, and but that doesn't always equal their outcome. Yeah, it's a similar thing like at Sundance mm -hmm. too. Like you'll get a lot of that fervor and that energy, and maybe you know some films that get more of the attention, you know, like that they, they might get it right away. But then all, but then if you have a movie which might be good and it just doesn't get that attention right away. What happens to it? Do right. they, maybe they have to screen it at more festivals. Maybe they have to meet this person or that person. Maybe it gets European distribution, but we don't get it in America because you know things are so crowded. Yeah, yeah. I think I think it's a special. It, it not well. I was going to say art form, but it, it, I mean to do maintain that sort of momentum. Yeah, is really difficult mm. when there's a gap of a couple months and. Yeah. Yeah, and that's you know that's one reason why some films don't go to festivals because they don't want to have all that buzz in May for a film that comes out in December, you know. Yeah, it, just when, to get that yeah. laurel, you know, and the can thing. I mean, obviously that's and a it big depends. deal. I mean, some films but... also need it. Though. Oh, sure. I mean, so it, it, yeah, it like just the depends. Scandinavian movie right. talked about. I might have not known about it had you not seen it at Cannes. 
Um, so I don't know any any last like so the top five you would say were oh, that boy. movie. Um, yeah, the hereafter, yeah. maybe uh, Le Cowboys, mm-hmm. uh, probably Carol, Amy, and and, and uh, this is just my list, uh, and Please. probably and Marilyn, uh, the uh, thriller. Okay. I would say now instead of uh, there, but there were other movies that were probably better crafted or more yeah. ambitious. Certainly, like Son of Saul, yeah. uh, and I also did like Youth. Uh, I think it got a mixed reception, but I I really did like it. Mm. Um, and and Sicario, the film, the thriller with yeah. Emily Blunt, it's a good film, okay. solid film. Yeah, and uh, and some of the other winners I'll just mention really fast. Uh, so the Lobster won the Jury Prize, uh, best screenplay went to this movie called Chronic, which, which... is good. Oh, ba- actually, that's like number six or number seven. Oh, on my okay, list. Yeah, that it's was really like good. Tim Roth. He's yes. like a nurse. Yes, he uh, the, uh, the, he is a caregiver okay. set in Los Angeles, uh-huh. and uh, well, uh, uh, patients who are terminally ill, uh-huh. and it's very uh, Michael Haneke. Oh, people boy. were tossing that word, oh. and it is true. It's very austere. It's in that single take uh, storytelling mode that uh, of shots are, that go on for three five minutes. Are you watching um, characters like in a lot of pain for long stretches of the movie or discomfort? Oh, yeah, boy. not uh, well. No, no, no. It's not, cause... but it's not a painful experience okay. at all. It's great. Great, great cast. Okay. Uh, Michael Christopher and Robin uh, Bartlett, mm-hmm. two actors that everyone has seen them in and in, in so many films and TV shows mm-hmm. for the last 30 years. They're great cool. in it. And so is Tim Roth. It's, it's a really good – it's a great cast. Great. And uh, so, I don't know, do you think uh, you think you'll go back? you think you're uh, ready no, for no, more? No, no, no. I think so. Uh, no, I will. I, I, I mean, you know, it, it comes with the territory. Some years are better than others. And, yeah. I mean, it wasn't – you know, I, I, there is that cliche of someone saying, "Ugh, the worst can ever," and you know, and like, no, no, holding, never, holding their pinky yes, up while they're drinking yes. their martini. Right, right. Or I couldn't wait to get back to JFK. No, 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 no. Yeah. It's never that bad. Never. And 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 you know, and also, I mean, uh, you can't get too jaded if you just look around and there's always the Mediterranean Sea right there. I mean, it, it is a beautiful location. Oh, yeah, and you're on the beach. Yeah. There are, like, all those women and all the parties. and uh... it, it, There's an energy to it that is yeah. – is, it's, like, almost like New York, although in a much prettier – sorry, New York, but in a much prettier zone. I mean, it's it is it's gorgeous, yeah. and and generally the atmosphere I find it, it's very it's 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 friendly, even though it's it's also at the same time uh, very intense. Sure, you know it's it's not laid back by any. No, means, no, so no, because no. a lot of movies are they need to this is their chance. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm so I'm looking forward to seeing uh, a lot of these movies and hopefully going to Cannes someday yes. soon. Oh, but it, I interrupted you. Uh, what oh, was no, the no, rest sure. of the list of the award winners? Um, I think I we went through them. most of them. Uh, like I said, the the winner was Deepan. Right. Grand Jury was Son of Saul. The actresses were Emmanuel Bercot and Rooney Mara. Vincent Lindon was Best Actor. Uh, Agnes Varda, I think, got the honorary right. Golden Palms. That's nice. The French um, did really well. They did very well. It seems like yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, so wait. Well, Laszlo Nemes is that? Was it? This wasn't. A, was this a French film? No, uh, it's uh, Hungarian. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, Hungarian. And uh, um, 
Let's see. And I think that, I mean, those are a lot of the big ones. Yeah. I mean, there was, you know, the, when, now, this is a really quick question before. Yeah, we sure. the, so the Critics Week Grand Prize, mm-hmm. so that's like, is there, they have like a panel of critics or is it like a Critics Choice Award sort of thing? Oh, well, what they, well, the okay, they have a group of, of critics on the programming committee, but then the, the, um, the winner of their top award, the, they give out I think three awards, mm. and they each each award has its own jury of like five people, and they they usually are either fellow critics or they could be distributors or producers. Um, I actually b- became friends with someone who was on the jury for Directors Fortnite, mm-hmm. and he runs. Uh, a, a theater. He's the programmer for a theater in Germany, in yeah. southern Germany. So, um, yeah, so I think they try to get all types of, of, of for the other prizes. Okay. You know, for the competition jury, of course, are going to be big names. Yeah. Uh, and you know, household names. But yeah. uh, but I think they're they're profession. You know, they're people who've been around, uh, it, uh, publicists or producers. Mm. Of, people uh, who have like the in. They, I think that's what, yeah, they, they, they that they go for. Mm. Editors as well. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, okay, so that, I think, might yeah. wrap up our CAN podcast. All right. And uh, uh, this, is, this is great having you on to Thank talk you. about this. I think, uh, uh, I hope to, like I said, I hope to go to the festival someday. Um, oh, yeah. No, you should. You should get it under your belt. Yeah, I, it would be on my bucket list. Yeah. I mean, the main, I mean, maybe someday get a movie in there sure. <laughs> and um if you want to visit uh, filmforward.com there are reviews of all the latest uh independent foreign movies uh and so you said that uh, your coverage is going to be on the site yes yes i'm running it right now yes no, don't yeah, worry at this moment yes yes i know <laughs> deadline deadlines yes but there will be a couple i mean i'm gonna i'm going to focus some like on love and and youth uh uh, 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 the movies, not the not the the subject matter. No. And, and <laughs> Maybe then, you can think about them yourself. <laughs> yes, and and then and, you know, and I saw two films, Indian films, uh, by first time directors. Okay. You know, there's I'm 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 kind of coming up with the, the with the themes right now, yeah. and and then Amy is opening, I think, on July third. Oh yeah, and so yeah. that one so I'm going to get the review. Yeah, so some of them are. Com- oh, and the Woody Allen movies coming out. Also in July, of course, so, yeah, the big um, ones. You know, I yeah. mean, I mean, the big out of competition movies. They have them there again, so they can have the big red carpet. For... And they're coming out in the fall. A lot of them, like mm. Carol, I think. Oh and, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. usually the plan. Yeah. You know, we'll get it, it done sense. now, and then we can let it rest until we do the big awards push. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so you can visit Film Forward and you get all the reviews of uh, Kenslius and all the other great writers for the site. Um, if you want to uh, send us a message for the Wages of Cinema, you can go to facebook.com slash Wages of Cinema. Remember, subscribe on iTunes. We're, uh, we're on there. Also SoundCloud. And we now have a new email. So it's the way, it's Wages of Cinema at Gmail. And, um, and yeah, I think that's it. Join us next time. And remember, the Wages of Cinema is death. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good laugh at the end there. <laughs>